this one. So I'm gonna go live now. What up? What up? What up? What up, brother? Again, the fans and listeners, Keith London coming to you guys with another segment. Um, I read a post about what well, I was involved in a post talking about color balancing, and it was interesting to me. <clears throat> um, the problem with color balancing is, well, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna come back to color balancing. I'm talking about. I'm gonna come out selection. How to pick the best birds? Okay. There are fans out there that make statements about all you gotta do is pick the best rollers or spinners, and you be you be fine. But um, what I notice is the best competitors don't just select for the roll and spin alone. There was too much other stuff to worry about other than just the spin and the, or the roll. When people say that, if a, a fancier that that's a good quality fancier that's that's been that's done with a competition, if he said that's all it takes, he's not telling the truth because that's not all that there is. Just put the best bird, the best bird, and you'll be fine. No, it's not. It's not that simple. And they should stop telling people that. Um, it sounds too simple. It is too simple. That's why it sounds like that. Because sometimes if it sounds too good, it really is too good. Put the best spinners with the best spinners. Just like just like me saying, it's like somebody saying, oh, go, pick, go around, pick the best 10 cocks, the best 10 hens, put them together, and you'll be fine. That's a crock of bullshit right there. And they know it is. I know it is. And I'm telling you it is. It's more to it than just that. Um, so I, I made notes from this. I was thinking about this all day. Um, if we select just the, the best spinners, no matter what the type is, we will run into all other kind of problems other, um, in other situations. For say, we're going to pick long birds, short birds, tall birds, fat birds, skinny birds, whatever birds are wrong, right, we're going to put them together. No, it's not that simple. Because what happens is this. If we breed all these different Body types and and colors not gonna matter. But all these different body types and sizes together, you're not gonna have no consistency. People say if if, if it's spin right, it's the right type. Yeah, it might be the right type for it. But what about we're producing more birds like it? So if you just but you remember, you picking birds not based on the type. You picking birds based on performance. So you're gonna have all these different birds with none line with each other. With they don't complement each other. So you're supposed to put them together anyway. You're going to get all kinds of shapes, sizes, keel depths, length, wing, length, wing, thickness, all kinds of stuff, all over the place. There will be no, there will be no consistency. And if somebody telling you that's all you need to do, they're not telling you the truth. They need to stop that. That is not right. It's a whole lot of other stuff that need to be considered. Um, the birds have to have a sharp kill pitch to roll correctly? No, they do not. Do they have to be short? I mean, short to roll quickly? No, they do not. Do it, they be long? Yes, they can be long. The wing, can the wing be long and they still roll correctly? Yes, but the appearance of the roll will look different with every body type. There'll be different fly pattern with every body type. Fly height, fly speed, all that plays a big part in having some good competition birds. Not just good spins, but good competition birds. Since most of the guys here in Southern California are trying to go for it, kick competition, you should pay attention to all that stuff. Dudes always tell you that all you got to do is do this, but I don't know why they tell you guys this because it's not the truth. They feed you a bunch of bullshit. They, and the same thing they do when they say, all you got to do is have this family. No, that's not true either. 
So, look at my nose a little bit, make sure I don't get miss what I'm trying to say. We get so many different types of other words that it wouldn't make a difference. Okay. Let's just say if we did that and the results would be good. If he did that, it wouldn't make a difference. Uh, none of that would make a difference uh, if the bird even rolled co or correctly or not. So, if the birds roll well, the only aspect they may have in common is the roll. That's it, is the roll. Some birds gonna fly faster, some gonna fly slower. Some might fly higher, some might fly lower. Some might wanna roll every time they turn left. Some might wanna roll every time they turn right. Some birds want, might wanna pause, then break. Some might wanna drift up a little bit, then break. Some birds might wanna go straight, straight and hit the wall and break. All that stuff plays a big part. And you can't have birds that do all those different things in the kit in, in your breeding loft and not and think you're gonna be alright. No, you're gonna take a lot of stuff into other stuff in consideration. You're gonna take in type. You have to pay attention to type. So it stay consistent. You have to pay attention to birds' length. So it, so it stays consistent. The only thing I learned about length is I, I, it varies that. The longer cast birds, not long pigeons, little slightly long cast birds handle depth better. When they roll with depth, they handle it better. For some reason, I do not know why the physicality of it. I'm telling those birds handle it well. I've never seen too many short copy birds handle depth well. And it, most times, they don't roll with a really proper style. Wings be a little bit out and whatsoever. They have an A pattern. Yes, they like this. I mean, the wings are out at the bottom. You want to you open this up a little bit and bring this in a little bit so it's still going to be like this. That's because the way the pigeons are made. They're not built to be able to do this unless they're going super fast and, and look like they're doing it. But I haven't seen no birds look at the wings in all the way, but they get them in close. Um, you get them sometimes, but that's because the only time the birds' wings can actually do this is the flap when the head is back and they're up like this from the belly side. From the back up, the wings, it's impossible for the wings to curve in. They will not do it because it's not physically possible for the birds to do that. But if the feather is flexible enough, which occurs with some of the softer feather, feather birds, it might be able to appear so. That I have to show you that. They have to be shown so I can show the wing. I can show you how it can be flexible where it can, that can happen. But, and mm, having comments as a roll, for kink competition, that is not enough. The roll itself can is not enough to be having common for them to be good in kink competition. Um, guys don't tell the truth about selecting the birds from the air. They select the best rollers and breed them and you'll be fine. That's not all there is to it. I already said that. If you're not competing, then it may not matter if the birds are built the same. You just want to see the spin. It don't matter. It don't matter if they roll together or not. If it's not, if you're not flying for kick competition, it don't really matter because you're not losing them if they don't. But if you fly for kick competition, it does matter. Look at the guys. I guarantee you, look at most of the guys that have been winning. Not the guys that get lucky and win once and you never hear from them again. But the guys that have placed high or won consistently. Look at their birds. Their birds almost look identical. Not because of color, but body type. 
body type. Look at them. They're almost, almost identical. And if you pay attention, you will see that. They're almost identical. The birds bird respond to feed the same way. They want to fly the same speed. They want to fly the same height. They only have some birds that want to be here and some birds want to be here. They're all identical in body type. They ain't just exactly the same, but they're identical. You got to pay attention to that kind of stuff right there. Most dudes don't pay attention to that. Or they got pairs they can breed together to get the body type they want that, that's consistent with their best performing birds. When I say best performing birds, are the birds that perform best in kit, in the kit competition. I mean, in the kit, there's, there's four kit competitions. Not first, not first say speed and style. We're going to say that's a given. We're going to say that's automatic. Let's just pretend right now that that is automatic. That the style and speed is automatic. <clears throat> now, so you got the style and speed. Now, how do we maintain or make sure all the birds will have the same um, reaction to how we feed them and flying with each other? Only way to do that, other than style and speed, is you got the birds got to be built alike. Alike. Not, not exactly like they got to be similar in type. Kill pitch got to be similar. Kill depth got to be similar. You, I'm sorry. But deep kill birds with short pitch and, deep and shallow kill birds do not fly the same wing beat, so they won't fly the same pattern. It'd be mixture, and it would never be no consistency. <clears throat> Some dudes may argue this, but anybody who knows knows what I'm talking about. They they would agree. Honey Barker probably don't breed for breed for it, but he's probably setting his family already. He don't have to. That's why you see select the best rollers because everything else is already set, so you can select the best rollers. But if you're a building, you can't just go by selection, selecting the best rollers. Got to be more to it than that. You don't get a whole lot of good rollers that never roll together, hardly ever fly together, so they're not even triggered off the same impulses. You get it? Don't you guys really understand that? So the same triggers, they're not triggered off the same impulses. When you get them the same, um, close to the same kill pitch, same kill, kill depth. Um, the type is not too, not too much different in length, not too much different in size either. Big birds and small birds don't act the same in kits. They, they just don't. There's two different two different birds. One need a little bit more fuel, and one may, may need a little less. They're not the same. And when you understand that, you can start saying, "Okay, I get it now. I'm starting to get it." <clears throat> Big and small birds in the same kit don't work out. Big birds are stronger. They either require more feed or higher protein. Younger birds gonna need more protein anyway to keep up with them when the bigger birds gonna get the higher protein because they're stronger and they're quicker in their feed tray. So when guys all you gotta do is pick a bit. Okay, this this is this is another saying they say. It's another one. If it's a spin right, it's the right type. There's some truth to that. It's the right type for that pigeon. Now, in my family, birds, certain type of birds, respond different to everything. They're a little different. I can pretty much tell which one's going to pretty much almost do what. <clears throat> like right now, this year, I got all the birds back. What I'm noticing that I didn't notice last year in my birds is they've they starting to roll earlier than normal. I'm trying to figure out. What the hell making these birds come in and start rolling so quick? I I never had had my birds roll that quick. But I thought about it. I said, you know what? I, I'm I'm feeding them a little different though than I normally feed them. They're being fed a little more different. They're not being fed the same. That could be it. 
and I selected birds more so last few years to um I want my birds to roll all the time anytime I want them to do it all the time and I'm breeding a certain way so I could be my selection over the last few years since I wasn't competing so I wouldn't come Flying competition to test them, and I didn't fly the birds as long as I did usually fly because of my situation, stuff I was going through. But I worked through it. But I want you guys to know that you guys can can get your birds to a certain level just by small things. But what we, what you must understand is you don't have the luxury of flying a bird three seasons. You don't have that luxury. But I suggest that you make sure you fly some most of the birds two seasons. I suggest you do that. So you can really see what they are like the second season, which is the season that really that's really gonna count. Anything after that first season, like this 2020s, this year should not count. 21 is where everything should start counting. That's where you're gonna see the best out of them. Or the worst. Um, I had some birds that I saw the worst out of them. Quality of spin remained the same. Frequency remained the same, but safety was the issue. What about out of the 40 birds I held, I kept I ended up holding over or had left over about seven birds. Stability was an issue. One killed itself, one bumped, and I guess it hurt his eye and flew in circles. Flew itself away. One hit the wire, broke his wing. But it wasn't because it just happened to roll. It kept rolling. It kept rolling. It hit the wire. Boop. Broke his wing. Two rolled away. It just kept, just couldn't stop rolling. And never seen him again. And then other little issues. So one bird got just couldn't handle it on the land all the time. So it's different issues I had with stability. All that to pay part with character. And temperament. Now I won't say temperament, but more character. But I never had that problem. I haven't had that problem in a while. Let's put it that way. I had that problem before, but not in a while. Not since about 2005, maybe six. But it popped up again. It couldn't be because I went flying birds two two seasons. I I I, I I'm the blame for that. But that can be quickly eradicated. All I got to do is fly the birds this year and see which ones made it over from last year to this year. And it's gonna, gonna last from this year to next year. So it's more to it than just picking the, the best spinners or the best rollers. It's way more to it, fellas. It's way more. I'm, I, I hate the fact that some guys tell you tell you guys it's all you got to do. I hate that fact because it's it's not that simple. Um, and some and I hate when a guy that's that's doing really well tell you that because they know that's not that's all to it. To building a family, but they know it wasn't. Um, some dudes inherit a family, some dudes buy a family bird that's already established, but they still got to work through them. If somebody inherited my birds right now, they can never do what I've done without my notes. And I make notes, I write down notes. Why birds are together? Why not put these two birds together? What happened when I put these two together? Well, who, what was the call? Where did the calls come from? Which birds are responsible for what in the background? I make all keep all those notes on my. I write pedigrees on all my pigeons, right? All the pigeons I stock, I make a pedigree of it. And on my pedigree, I make notes. 
this bird, number 666 was for this. This this bird with 666 produced this. And to some birds to this, I write those notes on the back of the pedigree and in front, in, on the front of my pedigree. But those are my notes. Those are not for everybody else. So if I sold somebody a bird down from birds, I would put key notes on their pedigree, but I would never give them my original pedigree that I wrote for me. It's not for them. It's for me. So, but like I, I'm trying to tell you guys, it's not that simple that you guys make it. Okay. Take this for instance. You get a cock bird. In your kit, like I have one of my kit, a black. It's easy, 30 to 50 feet. Easy. Easy. Will I find my competition kit once I get it going? No. Do you know why? Because first of all, he's, he sometimes he goes too deep and he don't shoot back to the kit. But he's when you put out there, when he spin out the kit, you're gonna say, damn, you gonna say that. And he's gonna spin again, you might say, ooh-wee. But watch on the brakes. He's going. Prematurely, or a little bit later, and he never goes when the kids stop and break, get back there, he's, he's still rolling. He never shoots back to the kid before they can break again. He might turn over here like this, and once he turns left or right, he's an out bird. So if he turns right, and two of them do that, and he turns right, guess what happens? And the kid busts, no score. So I need him to go boom, and the kid shoot. Oh, he got to be going straight back to the kid, he can't be turning left or right. All that got to be taken into consideration when you second breath and stop. All that got to be taken into consideration. If you're not taking into consideration, you're not, you might not be going in the right direction. I'm just saying. You got to think about that. Um, hold on. Watch well, check something. Okay, I'm back. What I learned about with most of the Spangles, the ones I brought in, I had the color balance because... The birds, I, I bring them in for certain traits, and they happen to be those colors. They happen to be red spangles and red models. They had the traits I wanted. So I took them to my blue checkers to instill what my blue checkers' strengths were into them with what their strengths were. So I was trying to get it equal, and I kept breeding. And I got birds off those birds, whether they were blue or red, in a matter if I got the medium, I kept those birds until I got several. And then I got a few that can produce those traits to a higher percentage. The original originals had to go on both sides. Not all of them, but if I had ten on each side, at least six on each side is going. Only four originals from each original side is staying. Because the more I keep, the more more I'm able going back that direction. I don't need that many. I just need a few. So if I have four, as one of the as one of the four get older, I bring another bird the same traits just to make sure it's around. That's all. So, I bring in birds for certain traits, and certain colors and patterns just happen to be attached to those birds for those traits. So, I dealt with it, but I made sure that color didn't dominate, so I made sure it just was equal throughout the loft. That's all. If I bred for a specific color that I really like, I love red checkers with flecking. I just like red checkers with flecking. I like red checkers, period. But if you look at my loft, I don't have a lot of red checkers. I'm not gonna stock a bird because it's a red checker. Now I have a family of birds that are red checkers that are pretty good. Actually, really good, but I'm not for them to just breed them just to make red checkers. I'm still trying to make rollers, good, good quality performing rollers. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to maintain that.
So, like I said, there are more there are more, there are more variables that play into selecting birds from your kit. Now, like I got, I tell everybody, it's easier for a bird to be select, selected from from for me from from the nest or from the ground. He got a better chance of getting my loft from the ground. Once he's in my kit, he got to be exactly what I want to see in performance. It's easier to come from the ground to my kit. That's the easy way to get in there. If you, if you got all the physical attributes, typical attributes I want to see, and you and you'll, you have several siblings at about sixty percent or higher, that did exactly what I want to do. And you just happen to be a late hatch, but you got all the the phenotypical attributes of the ones that preceded you. Yeah, you got a good chance of getting in. You have a good chance. Um, but once you're in that kit, like right now, I had a bird that got caught by the Falcons today. Today is what? On, on the day of what? Uh, May 11th? May 11th, 2020. A bird that was out of one of my main pairs just, just learned some bad habits along the way. She was a superstar spinner. Roller, fast roller, spinner, whatever you want to call it. A spinner ain't nothing but a fast roller. People say spinner just to separate it from all the rest of the birds. That's why. That's all that is about. But anyway, this bird can roll on every break when it's, when it's in the kit. That's the problem. It was a marginal kitter. It wasn't a great kitter. Some days it'll do perfect. So I'll the kit break with the kit and just show its little hole and spin real tight in the middle of the kit. And some days it want to shoot out the kit. And be above the kit and flank the kit, it was unreliable. So I wouldn't even try a bird like that in my um in my in my stock law. But I have other siblings that just perfect, don't don't give you no problems. So I'm just saying, and it's not the first time I made that mating, it's like a three-year, this is the third year I'm making that mating. So but if I looked at her, she she didn't look like some of the better ones. She didn't have the look of the better ones. She didn't. The body, yes, expression was a little off. A little off, but it wasn't like the other ones, the better ones. And I know that. I understand that. But anybody else probably would have stocked the bird. But take this, check this out, though. I'm going to tell you something. The father was not flown. The mother was flown for... A full, well, from the five or six months we get, and then another two or three months after that, she was flown. She was really good. The mother, she, um, but she was an excellent kid bird, though. So the father was not flown. Okay, the father is the cock that make the Nova birds, 613. The Nova birds, the hens, but I never, I didn't get that many hens. I think I flew three hens, and I gave one to Jesse up in, um, um, Vasalia, Fresno area. I'm trying to get back now. I'm still trying to find that bird. But anyway, all the hens were blue check white flight. Every single one. One had a center tail. Super, super spinner. Didn't work as hard as some of the other ones, but she was solid. And I had one was really good. Wasn't as fast as the other one, but it was still fast. But it was an excellent kit bird. Every break, 15, 20, maybe 25 feet, maybe. Every break committed. Good bird. Now, but this mate was different. 
her mother was different. She was a half sister of the first bird mate. So in the first birth the first bird he was made to, she was she wasn't flown two seasons, she was flown one season. Why did I keep her again? Oh, I know why I kept her. She wasn't meant to be kept like that. She wasn't stopped. She was injured by the red tail. So I put her in the stock loft there so she could recover. And when she covered, I said, oh, I'm just going to try a breeder. And when she bred those birds, the Nova birds, I'm like, whoa. Now these birds can really get it. But every now and then, I got a cock that flew over the kit for a while. But it's still not long until it got... It may be about two weeks. I want maybe three weeks tops. After that, perfect kit bird. And I understood that. I accepted it and let it let it be. But these other ones, the ones I'm talking about that earlier, those with that one. I got one that flanked the kit and fly above on some days, and I got a bluebird cock that's just totally different from every one I flew. He pops. Spent about five, roll, no, he, you know, he enrolls about five, ten feet, pops around like he made it, and just happy, like a happy bird popping around. He don't even act like he belonged in the kit some days. But he got everything else. He looked apart and everything. So I don't know. So he just, I just let him fly out the young kid to keep the young kids around. That's it. Every now and then he'll show a nice, good spin about eight, ten feet. And then he go back to pop, 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 and go back to that. And that's not a trait I really want. So I don't know if he'd be dominating that trait. But I don't know. I'm not going to find out. But he's there. But just to say, but he got everything else. He looked the part, body and everything. Ah, he looked good. But it could be a bad habit learned from being a late hatch. Who knows? No, late hatch didn't really get out. He got out. He got to the point where he just started kitten. Then I locked him up for five months. So it could be that. I don't know. But I got one, some that was flown. I got one that flew last year from the beginning to the end. And when I was training him, I decided to try to give him a ch chance in the stock loss. So he's, he's in there now. But I haven't bred him yet, but he's in there. So I don't know. Can't say. I want to try breed off of him. He was a good one. He didn't flank the kid. He was really good, but he wasn't as good as one of the hens, but he was really good. He was, well, take that back. I thought he was a hen for a long time, and I saw him start thickening up. I started telling my buddy, man, he's like, he's going to be a cock. He said, nah, it's a hen. I said, nah, that's full like a cock now. Look around, you popping around there, trying to top every hen, and then it's going crazy. Now you're over with the cock. So, anyway. So, I was to say that there are other variables you got to take into consideration when you're stocking birds from the air. A bird from the air, I only had one bird, like the hen I flew last year and I stocked it this year. The reason why I stocked her, I'm going to say it again, I think I said it on another segment. When I put her up, she was about 20, 25 feet solid. Locked her for five, five months, put her back out. Guess what? She was, she was back in the kitten and was performing like she never was locked up. The only bird. Went back to like she was immediately, just first, second, not the first day, I don't think they rolled too much of nothing. The second day, she started rolling, just like she did when she was in the kit. Kit paused, she go, 20 feet, no problem, 25 feet. I'm like, whoa. And by the eighth, no, that wasn't the eighth, it wasn't that long. By the fifth time out, she was rolling one day. When the falcon came, 
And I knew that if the foul caught bird, I would probably miss it. I said, you know what? I'm gonna take a chance to put this bird in the loft. Got the fountain get it, I will never see what how really good how good it really is. But guess what? That's the catch. If she's not as good as she, she was supposed to be in the breeding loft that she was a kit, she can go back to the kit, no problem. And now just increase the kit. That's the good thing about flying. But oh, but she was good in the air. She should automatically be good in the loft. Yeah, right. I wish it was that simple. But with that being said, I'm going to call this one night right here. I'm going to cut this one off. And we'll get to something else a little later. Probably color. I'm going to probably talk about color balancing next. Um, some deep thought on color balancing. But I, want, I need to do one part of my research again first. And I'll get back with you guys. So it's Keith London, Roller Agenda, signing out. You guys have a good one. Peace.